The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. I'll chit-chat with you while they do that and make sure you get you one. But it's an honor to be able to speak tonight and, um, and to be able to serve here at Parkside Baptist Church. It's not everywhere that you see or have the opportunity as somebody in ministry to serve in the church that you grew up in. And I'm very, very grateful for that opportunity and um, to still call this place my home. But, uh, ushers, as they hand that out, I want to say this. Um, um, since the last time I spoke, our, uh, our family has had a little bit of a life change. And that um, now then we have only f we have five children and only have four children in the academy. And Jacqueline has uh, graduated and gone off to Lone Star Baptist College. And so, um, you know, having a what would some would call a large family, not as large as a Hans family. I, I'm so thankful for your testimony, and I'm not trying to catch you. But uh, we have we have three families in our church that had five children. And I just want to tell all those, fam those families that you win. I don't want any more. You can, you can go on and, and catch up with the Hans, but we are happy and our quiver is full. But uh, actually, four families with five children. So uh, anyway, uh, our, our kids are, are growing, and Sean is growing in one way. He's seven foot five now. <laughs> and then uh, Jacqueline is in the, co in the Bible college. So you think, you know, as, as your kids get older, things are supposed to be easier and your schedule is supposed to get lighter. And so I was looking forward to that. Now that Jacqueline's in Bible college, things will get a little bit more smooth and have a little bit less things to be at, but that has not taken place. And it's actually gotten a little bit busier. And so this Saturday, this Sunday, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell a story. I'm gonna turn her face as red as her hair, just a moment. Then she just looked at me, ah! And uh, this past Sunday, uh, she still needed to get some soul winning in. And so her and Amanda went out soul winning. And I took them out. And I was a good dad and sat in air conditioning and followed them around <laughs> and made sure they were safe. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it was hot. It was a hot Sunday. And so she got back in the car and we were going to the next place. And she said, I, when we get done, I'll buy everybody a Slurpee. And I said, praise the Lord. That's great. And so they got done, and we just, she got back in the car, and we started heading to, heading to 7-Eleven uh, to get everybody a Slurpee. And all of a sudden, she realized, I forgot my wallet, Dad. <laughs> Dad, I forgot my wallet. Kind of like, likely story, okay? <laughs> so Dad bought everybody Slurpees, okay? Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, family, family is fun, and it's, it's fun to have family, fun to have kids. And uh, you see, it's, it's a bit more expensive to feed five, five kids uh, than it is to one or two, especially when one of them is seven foot five. <laughs> but, uh, but the thing about this is, is one day they're all going to grow up and they're going to move out. And then we're going to go to their house one day a week for supper. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then we'll go out and eat on Saturday and Sunday. Okay, that's the plan. But anyway, it takes time management to have a family that big and to have anything successful. And so this evening, I'll talk to you a little bit about time management. Do you have a handout? All right. The Bible says in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least 
is unjust also in much. Luke, Luke chapter 16, verse 10. A lot of times we'll use that verse when we talk about stewardship. And we'll have a missions conference here annually. Our preacher, as he did recently, will, will speak on giving. And we'll talk about stewardship. And we hear this verse a lot when we talk about stewardship. And we hear, hear a lot of sermons and lessons on stewardship. And most of the time when we think of stewardship, we think of one subject only. We think of on our finances. Uh, when, we, when you hear somebody say stewardship, you think, oh, finances. We're going to talk about finances. And, autom- and automatically, automatically, that's where we go. However, uh, it's not only in the area of finances. But let me talk about finances for just a minute since we're there. Uh, often, if we are not good stewards of our finances, then we have some problems, right? We have problems if we're not good stewards of our finances. For instance, we have no idea how much money we have. Or uh, we spend it on things that may not be necessary, like Slurpees. <laughs> we run out of money too soon because we are scheduled to re- uh, before we're scheduled to receive more. And we get overwhelmed when the bills come due because we, don't, we, haven't, we haven't been good stewards with our finances. However, we find when we become diligent with our finances, we have more than we thought we had originally, and we're able to accomplish more. When I help uh, college students sometimes with a budget, and they say, I can't pay my bill, Brother Palmore, I'm not sure I'm going to pay my bill. Well, let's put it all down on paper. And lo and behold, they have more money than they thought. Okay? And they're able to, if they're able to follow their budget, then they're able to get more things done and accomplish more. While it's true that we should be a good steward of our finances, there is much more to being a good steward than just in finances. We should be a good steward of our environment. I'm not saying we need to be a tree hugger, (laughs) but we ought to take care of our environment. Okay, we ought to be balanced in the area. Okay, we should be a good steward of our environment. Of course, our finances, we should be a good steward of our possessions and take care of the things that God has given us. Uh, but we should also be a good steward uh, in, our, in, the, our, in our area of time. You see, just as we are if not good stewards of our finances, we have some issues, we're the same way with our, with our time. And if we're not good stewards of our time, we face similar problems. For instance, we spend our time on things that may not be necessary. Uh, we run out of time. Uh, we get overwhelmed when we run out of time. But unlike our finances, everybody has different finances. Unlike finances, everybody has the same amount of time. There's no difference. We all have the same amount of time. 60 seconds per minute. 60 minutes per hour. 24 hours per day. 7 days per week. 52 weeks per year. And you can do the rest of the math after that. But we all have the same amount of time. So tonight, we'll discuss this matter being a good steward of our time as we consider the subject time management. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us and for allowing us to have a church here like we have and a pastor. Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with Jared and Debbie and Emmeline tonight. pray that you'd give the doctors wisdom, give the parents strength and comfort and grace. Lord, we pray that you'd meet with us tonight and help us to learn and to grow. Lord, I'm not so much confident in my delivery, but I am confident in your word. So, Lord, I pray that you'd use something that was said tonight to be a help to your people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. According to a survey by uh, salary.com, workers typically waste 20% of their workday, which is about two hours, 
socializing with coworkers and taking breaks. Nobody in here would do have smoke breaks all the time, but they do. They have smoke breaks, cigarette breaks, or they stop and and I've worked in the world and you stop and talk about sports and you talk about the gossip of the day or the gossip of the office or whatever it is that's going on. And they spend a lot of time on that. According to one study, executives waste six weeks each year searching for lost documents. That's, on average, that's one hour per day. While the employees, 30% of all employees' time is spent trying to find lost papers. That's two and a half hours a day. All right. The average American currently spends close to three hours a day watching TV, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor. The average American wastes 61 minutes a day watching TV ads and other promotions. I hate commercials. Just turn the commercials off and watch Andy Griffith all day long. Amen? I'm going to share with you some other common time wasters. Doing other people's work, but not doing your own. Watching TV. Nobody accomplishes their goals by sitting on the couch. Hanging around negative people because attitude is contagious. Procrastinating. Indecision. As we know, we make decisions or life will make the decisions for us. Reading the news is a time waster. I listened, uh, I was driving, doing some driving on Monday, and I turned on the radio as I was driving, and I was driving for a while, and they kept saying the same things over and over and over. And I, I said, I'm going to listen to a talk show, a talk news host, you know. Same thing over, and it was just like an hour. He just kept saying, this guy's saying the same thing over and over and over. I'm wasting my time listening to these guys. Idle chit-chat. Playing video games. For instance, angry birds doesn't get work done. Neither does word with, words with friends. Although you might, you might help your vocabulary if you work with words with friends. Waiting for something to happen. It's not going to happen unless you go out and make it. Un- attending unnecessary meetings. Reading email. Only, for instance, only check it three times per day, morning, noon, and end of day. That's the challenge. If we could all say we're going to only do that and go hit the altar, our time management course is complete and we're good. We can go home. We save time. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Answering the phone. How many, if you have a cell phone, you get phone calls all the time from people you have no idea who it is. And then you sit, you say, I'm not going to answer it. And then you sit there and wonder, who was that? <laughs> Until you finally decide, I'm going to call them back. And then you wish you hadn't. Okay? That phone is there for your convenience, not for everybody else's convenience. Unless you work for the preacher and he calls you, then it's okay. Um... Not putting things away. Surfing the web endlessly. One thing leads to another. Constantly updating your social media status. Nobody needs to know what you're eating for lunch. Allowing text, email, and social media notifications to interrupt your day. Not looking at your to-do list. You wrote it down, but you forgot to look at it. There's a lot of things that are time wasters. Now, what does God have to say about time management and the stewardship of our time? 
There's a very famous chapter in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I'll read through it quickly. Um, and it's Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. The Bible says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, we like that. And a time to die, not so much. A time to plant, that's a lot of work. And a time to pluck up that which is planted, we like that. A time to kill, don't like that. And a time to heal, we definitely like that. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, we like that one. And a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time of hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Every one of these things, there is one thing that we enjoy more than the other. We enjoy peace, we don't enjoy war. But there's a time for both, okay? Number one, the Bible says this, there is a season to everything. There is a season to everything. When I first began thinking through this, you know, when we think season, we think, okay, we have four seasons in our year, or we're supposed to, maybe not so much in Texas, but we're supposed to have four seasons, okay? Winter, spring, summer, and fall. And a season is a span of time. So when you read this verse, you might think to everything there is a season or a span of time, but that's not what it means. The word season here means, actually, it means a set time or an appointed time. A set time or an appointed time. So understanding this, the verse reads, to everything there is a set time or an appointed time. These things that the Bible is talking about may or may not be the things that we enjoy doing. Uh, there's things that I do here at the church that I enjoy doing. And there's things here that I do at the church that I really don't look forward to doing. And it's the same way with you and your life. You have things that you enjoy, things not so much. But there's a time for everything. Number two, there is a time to every purpose. Again, when I was looking through this, I thought, okay, a purpose is an individual thing that we do. But as I studied it more, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. When studying this, it kind of surprised me also as I always assumed that the word purpose was something that you resolved to do. I purpose to mow the yard today. Or my purpose is to be a good husband. Or my purpose is to be a, a good father. However, the word purpose here actually means delight, pleasure, or a desire. Delight, pleasure, or a desire. So the Bible says, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So time uh, here simply just means like a time of an event. Therefore, this portion of the verse is literally saying, and a scheduled time to do every delight, every pleasure, or desire under heaven. And we like that. We like doing the things we enjoy, and we delight in, and we take pleasure in. Um, what this means is that God wants us to schedule time into our busy schedules, the things that we enjoy or take pleasure in. 
The problem in here is we often get imbalanced. We have a balanced God. We see that here. He said, I want you to schedule in the things that you're, the things you're supposed to do, but I want you to schedule in some things that you enjoy too. But we have a balanced God. He does expect us to be hard workers. He also expects us to schedule in some things that we enjoy as well. In other words, don't be a workaholic. He wants us to enjoy life. However, where we get into trouble is when we are not balanced in God's definition of our time. Either we do too much of the things that we enjoy, or we do too much of the the things that we just have to do. But we don't get balanced in that area. Okay? God says there should be a scheduled time that you do all things. The things you enjoy and the things you may not enjoy. We say, I enjoy doing this, so I will do it, and I will get around to the other things when I feel like it. And that's not what God wants. Okay? We tend to spend all kinds of time on doing the things we enjoy, and if we have any time left, we apply it to the other necessities of life. So we can't take advantage of this verse and say, oh, we can just, God says we need to make sure that we have time to do all the things that we enjoy. But you've got to remember the other part of the verse too. Okay? Uh, make sure you do the other things as well. Don't be guilty of taking advantage of this, church, uh, of this verse. So we should start, have start and stop times for the things we're required to do. But we should also have start and stop times for the things that we enjoy doing. What happens is when we have the start times for the things we enjoy doing, but we don't have the stop time for the things that we enjoy doing. And then we start stealing from the other things. Number three, God tells us twice in the Bible that we are to redeem our time. In both of these cases, and we'll look at the verses in just a moment, the word redeeming means the same thing. It refers to making wise and sacred use of every opportunity of, of our time. So making wise and sacred use of every opportunity thereof. Therefore, God is telling us to be wise with our time. So, letter A, we should be wise with our time in order to be a good Christian testimony. The Bible says in Colossians 4, verse 5, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. If you were to read that, that verse in context, start at the beginning of the chapter, here, the Scripture is laying out an outline for masters, where it starts out in you masters. And so he's speaking to the employers, or to the bosses, of, if you will, of how to conduct themselves. And among several items on the list that God tells them to be wise with, he says to be wise with their time and to walk in wisdom, for others are watching. So we need to be wise with our time because we need to understand that others are watching. We have people watch our, our, our family, no doubt, and people watch your family as well, and neighbors, and maybe some you're close with, but maybe some not so much. But, but they know where you're going to be on Sunday because they see you leave every Sunday, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. They see you leave. They know that you're going to church, uh, and you're a testimony. But so they watch those things, but other people watch us also as, as we go out throughout our day. And they see how we use our time. Our kids see how we use our time. That's a tough one because they're with us almost all the time. Okay, So we need to watch our time to be a good testimony. And letter uh, B, we are to be wise with our time in order to accomplish God's will for our lives. God has given everybody a, a, a purpose and he has something for each of us to do and we're to accomplish it. If we're to accomplish it, then we need to make sure that we set our attention toward it and that we work toward it and that we focus on it. 
The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And so with these two reasons in mind as to why we should redeem our time, I'm going to give you some time management tips. Some things that might help you. So perhaps you're already doing all of these, and you can teach this lesson much better than I. And no doubt you may, there may be somebody here like that. But uh, these are just some ideas. You may be doing them all. You may be doing some. You may not be doing any. But God may say, hey, let's work on that. And perhaps this will help. Number one, have a written daily schedule. With our finances, when I teach personal finances in the college, I, I, one of the first questions I ask them is, how many of you have a budget? And some of them will raise their hand. I say, great. How many of you have a written budget? And not as many hands go up. Because th- we all think, oh, I'm only supposed to spend this much money on this thing. And, but our, our brains are human, and sometimes we forget what we spend it on. So we make a written budget, so we keep track of it. Same with our schedules. I think it has enough time. I think I, well, I, I can make this work. I, but we need to put it written down on paper. Okay? There are many different types of schedules. Uh, there is the time-oriented schedule. A time-oriented schedule requires you to create a budget of your time. You put it on paper. You create a worksheet with all of the hours of the day with increments in 60 minutes, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, or even 5 minutes. It is said that while President George W. Bush was in office, he had a written schedule, a time-oriented schedule, and he had his day divided up in 5-minute increments. Yeah. Praise the Lord for him, okay? So he had a schedule. He got a lot done, okay? President of the United States. Fill in that schedule with the things that you're going to do each particular day and the times that you're going to work on it. That's a time-oriented schedule. But you could also have, you say, Brother Palmore, that's not for me. That was not going to work. Well, you could have a goal-oriented schedule. If a time-oriented schedule will not work for you, then you may consider a goal-oriented schedule. Create a daily task list that covers all the things you need to accomplish that day. Write it all down. Don't try to remember it. We're going to forget. Okay? Write it all down. And a daily task list. After you create your schedule, make it easily accessible to you and your family. It might be that you post it on the fridge. That's a good place for us guys. It's on the fridge. Uh, it might be that you save it to your phone. If you're a techie, you have your, your schedule on your phone. I keep a calendar on my phone. I know when I'm supposed to meet with these people, where I'm supposed to be, and all that kind of stuff during the day here at the church. Uh, you may put it on the bathroom mirror. That's for the ladies. Uh, you may pin it up in the pantry. We have a, a um, bulletin board in our pantry. and We can pin it up in there. But regardless, you pin it up, you put it somewhere where you can see it and you have access to it. Number two, here's another idea. Categor- categorize your daily tasks. Categorize your daily tasks. Uh, categorize them in three uh, areas. Uh, those things that are mandatory, those things that are needs, and those things that are wants. A mandatory thing would be like your Bible time and your devotions or your employment. You have to go to work, okay, unfortunately, all right? Uh, laundry, yes. mowing the yard, all these things have to be done, Okay? Uh, a need would be something like washing the car, uh, pulling weeds in the flower bed. I don't like that one. Uh, 
or a, need, a want would be something like we enjoy doing, or the news, or the social media, or watching something on TV, or reading. Uh, to some, that's a want. To some, not so much. But uh, it's a want. So categorize your daily task. Once you categorize your task, then you do them in order of importance. Do them in order of importance. What's the most important thing? The most important thing is a mandatory thing. Then you go down to your next level. Then the last would be your wants. Number three, here's another idea. Consider doing the things you dislike the most first. You come to, you come to a, your day and you know you've got to get these certain things done. You look at your list you're like, I don't want to do that one. I'll put it off to the end of the day. And your day goes a lot better if you get it done first. And then you're happy the rest of the day instead of grumpy because you're looking forward, looking down to this thing at the end of the day you got to do, okay? And typically what we do as humans is we procrastinate and say, I'll take care of that one tomorrow, okay? So do those unhappy things that you don't like. Do those at the beginning of the day and uh, then do the other things after that. Number four, learn to say no. Learn to say no. As you grow in your abilities and you become successful in something, people will begin to ask you, can you help me with this? And sometimes you can, but when you look at your schedule and you realize you really can't, sometimes you have to say no. Only accept responsibilities that you have time for. If time allows, let me say this, if you accept a responsibility that you don't have a time for and somebody's expecting you to get that job done and you don't, it would have been better just to say, I'm sorry, I don't have time, rather than for that person to be expecting you to get it done all this time and then have to go on a lurch to find somebody else to do it. Okay? So don't feel bad. So I, I really wish I could. And if I find another way, I can. But right now, I just don't see how I'm going to make it happen. Now, don't be Mr. Grumpy Pants either and say, no, I'm not going to help you. Okay? But you know, consider, be considerate, but learn to say no. Only accept responsibilities that you have time for. If time allows, only accept responsibilities that help you to accomplish God's will for your life or for the lives of others. Okay? Number five, we like this one. Get plenty of sleep. Yes, amen. Okay? Not during church. Sometimes we feel that if we sacrifice sleep, we can get more done. And there may be time or two when we can do that. But if we make that a habit, it's going to affect us. And uh, while it may be true on occasion, a habit of cutting sleep will hurt you in the long run. Most people need seven to eight hours of sleep each night for their bodies to function at its maximum potential. Everyone is different. Uh, some people can get by on five hours of sleep. We're not going to have a poll, okay? But, uh, but some people can. Some people not so much, okay? But you know what your body needs, and if you uh, find where that is, then you will, you will maximize your potential throughout the day if you keep that going at a steady, steady pace. Lack of sleep often affects productivity. Number six, focus only on the task that is at hand. Focus only on the task that is at hand. Put away your phone, close the internet browser, and limit distractions. Um, I have a cell phone, it's an iPhone, and I am on social media, and I do get emails, and I do get news notifications occasionally. But there was a time when I had to say, you know what, I don't want to know every time that somebody pushes the like button on my Twitter feed. Because when it does that, it lights up on my phone. And what happens? 
I look at my phone, okay? And I get distracted. Uh, we have to be careful about those things. Um, maybe you have um, focus, the, the ability to focus and be Superman and focus on one thing and nothing else distracts you. But in today's day and age, there's so many things that pop up and clamor for your attention. You have to be careful about those things. So just get them out. Turn them off. Turn the thing. When I was writing my book for Serving in the Shadows, I, uh, I went to a park down the street one day, and I needed to do some typing, I needed to do some work, and I knew I wasn't going to get anything done at home because there was a lot of distractions there, okay? All different ages, all right? But uh, so I went down to this park, and I had my phone with me. And I thought... Uh, Nobody's going to bother me. So I put my phone there on the park uh, picnic table, and I started typing. Ding! I get a text. So I pick up my phone. I answer them. Put it back down. Start typing. Ding! I get a text. I was like, oh, my word. Finally, I just turned the phone off. Okay? Well, I told my wife where I was, and then I turned the phone off. Okay? Uh, she was not the one texting me, though. But uh, I was going to be accountable. So learn to say no. Get plenty of sleep. Focus on the task that is at hand. Number seven, be aware of how much time you're spending on media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, gaming, TV, YouTube. These all have the ability to suck the time out of your day. Limit these activities. Number eight, don't think of the totality of your to-do list. You may have a really long list, a really long list of things that you're supposed to do that day, and if you focus on it, sometimes you get overwhelmed. Right. Oh, my word, I've got to get all this. There's no way I'm going to get all this done today. And you get in frantic panic mode, and, oh, I'm not going to get it done, and you don't get anything done because you spend all your time worrying about the things you're not going to get done. All right, don't do that, all right? Uh, focus on, don't focus on the totality of your to-do list. One can easily become overwhelmed if they think about their massive list of things to do. And it won't get any shorter by thinking about it and dwelling on it. It's still going to be there. So focus on the first task only. Determine to get it done. Set a timer or perhaps make a goal. Once complete, check it off. Do the same for the next item. Number nine, be organized. Be organized. One of the easiest ways to waste time is to be disorganized. Disorganization results in extra time finding the document, as we saw a while ago, looking for that outfit or that tie. What do we tell our kids when they get home? Put your shoes up in the same place where you can find them for tomorrow. Are we still telling our teenagers that too? Maybe our college students, all right? Where well, I can't find my shoes, Daddy. Where'd you put them yesterday? I don't know. I told you to put them in the same place. Put them in your closet. If you put them in the same place every day, you'll find them, all right? That's being organized, all right? And so if uh, we put things where they go the first time, you have more time in the future for things that really matter. Number 10, do something during waiting time. Uh, we have a lot of downtime available to us. Um, times such as while sitting in a waiting room or in the line at the store. Uh, you're just standing there, you're just sitting there, you're waiting, twiddling your thumbs. Do we say that anymore? Twiddling your thumbs? Anyway, twiddling your thumbs. Find things to do during this time. Perhaps you could read or follow up on your Sunday school class via text or your, or your singing group. Or your phone, make a phone call, an important phone call. Or email or there's many things you can do during those times. T 
Take those things, those times and use it to your advantage. You'll get a lot of things done that way. Last, number 11, eliminate the non-essential. Eliminate the non-essential. Our lives are full of excess. And when we can identify the excess and remove it, we become more and more in touch with what is significant and what deserves our time. Now these are just some ideas, some things that maybe you could put into practice. But you do need to understand that you don't want to become so focused and uh, determined to save time that you're grump, that you're mean to people, that you're like, I don't have time for you. You know, you got to make sure that you're not that way. You still have to be personable, but you can manage. We can manage our time better. These are just a few things that will help us with managing our time for God's glory. Remember the reasons why we're managing our time is what we learned earlier, for our testimony and for God's, for God's will to be done. The more we manage our time, the better testimony we have, and the more we accomplish for God's will. We are to be good stewards of our time that God has given us. Let us not be guilty of being a time waster. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us as we study and understand. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.